Ramai Temiha Haywood quickly became somewhat of a screen siren when she starred in the 1940 movie Rewi's Last Stand, directed by legendary filmmaker and her husband, Rudolf Haywood. It was from a young age that Ramai, who grew up in the Wairarapa, began to take a keen interest in film. Her father worked as a projectionist, and when Ramai attended Queen Victoria Māori Girls Boarding School in Auckland, she grew to love Shakespeare and put on a play, The Merchant of Venice. Through the early stages of her career, she was also known as Patricia Miller and ran a couple of photographic studios from around 1937 to 1946. From that time to the 1990s, Ramai continued to work in film and advocate for the local film industry. She was also a member of the Māori Women's Welfare League and would play small roles in local productions both in film and TV. In tonight's archival segment from Te Puna Wai Kōrero in 1973, Ramai talks about her career from the early 1940s. One of the true pioneers of filmmaking in New Zealand is Ramai Hayward of the Ngāti Kahungunu tribe. With her husband, Rudel Hayward, they've been making films now for many years, and their best-known film is Rewi's Last Stand. Well, I think uh, Rudel is the pioneer. I've uh, only been helping him with his film work since 1946. I did appear in Rewi's Last Stand as the heroine, but I didn't do any of the technical work uh, but when we went to England in 1946, I started working with him. Uh, we worked for the BBC, and I preferred the production side to appearing in films because I did have some parts offered to me in England, but I found it much more interesting on the production side. What special attributes does one need to become a successful filmmaker? I think it's like anything else. You've got to, uh, first of all, you've got to be interested in it and work very hard. You work very hard, but the rewards are great because you're in a communications media and not everybody is fortunate enough to work in such a media where you can uh, say what you think if you have anything to say, you can say it, and most people are not in that fortunate position. In my case, I was fortunate that uh, I met a man who had been always interested in the Māori and in history, in New Zealand history, and he always saw that there was so much uh, richness in the Māori and his culture. Although he wasn't born in New Zealand, coming here as a child, uh, I think he had a different outlook to a new, what a New Zealander would have. He looked at it more objectively, and he always thought that this was our richest source of material, the Māori, because this is uh, New Zealand belongs to the Māori. This is the only real culture that New Zealand has. And how have you been able to survive as filmmakers... The, I, I know several private filmmakers have had to make commercials and all, all these other things. We have done everything ourselves, we, uh, just the two of us, and we, it takes us longer. Mm. But I think because uh, 
we've had to do everything ourselves and it's taken us longer, we possibly have been able to express ourselves better when uh, just two people control their medium. You can, it's like an artist working on their own. You can express more. It's, uh, you have to take longer because, I mean, we've had to, um, first of all, earn some money to make a film, and we, with our educational films, we've had to sell them overseas, and they've been widely uh, sold, but we usually have to pay quite high fees for, and for agents, about 30%, 25 to 30%, uh, which means that we've had to wait a long time to get enough money back to make another film. But uh, this hasn't deterred us because we're doing creative work and uh, having to take longer over it hasn't um, frustrated us in any way because you just simply put more time, more thought, more effort into it. I don't think it hurts any work. You being an artist must know this, that you shouldn't be uh, forced to do something in a hurry. If you can take as long as you can on any uh, work, it's better for it and you feel better for it. No, it's just that filmmaking is quite an expensive business, isn't it? Whereas with an artist working on canvas, all he has to buy is canvas and paint and a writer, a, a, a writing pad and a pen. Whereas with filmmaking, you, you, you know, there's the processing and uh, dubbing of sound and all this kind of thing. It, well, it's the same, really, because even an artist has got to pay for a house, pay for his clothes, pay for his children's education. Uh, he still has responsibilities. You've got to make some sacrifice. I mean, I uh, uh, have never been able to afford a motor car, for instance. Uh, people say, why haven't you got a motor car? Well, I mean, whenever I've had enough money, and Rudolf says, come on, when we've had enough money, and he says, I'll buy a motor car, I said, no, I can make a, I can use that for a little film. Mm. And so the film comes before the motor car. You make, you have to make sacrifices, and save and go without things. I make all my own clothes. I, even when making a film, I I have to often make uh, all the clothes into Love and Mari. I had to sit down on my sewing machine and make the clothes. <laughs> but I mean, as you know, you if you want to do something, you'll you'll do all the things towards. Uh, getting your whatever it is you're working on get it finished it's like what we're doing at the moment we've got three films that we are finishing off and uh, you know you've got to make a lot of sacrifices to do that but it, it's very rewarding when they're finished and you've got other things coming along, something else. There's so much richness here. I can't understand people saying, oh, we haven't got the material here. We've got to make uh, pinter plays and all this sort of thing. But then those are people who've come into the country. They're English immigrants. and uh, But New Zealanders know how rich their country is. Filmmaker Ramai Hayward. An archival recording there from Tipuna Waikorero in 1973. Ramai Hayward passed away this year in July. She was 98 years old.